Hello everyone, this is Esther chapter 8, part 4. Um, the latest work ending uh, our, our study here in chapter 8. I just want to re- recall what we've been learning this past week about how God uses the great reversals of life um, because that's just how he operates. He uses things that uh, we don't think about uh, and things that we never expect. And he always uses it in such a way that it would ultimately uh, bring him glory. And it's also for our good. Uh, we talked about how uh, the scriptures throughout has told us things like the last becomes first. So these are commands from Jesus that in order for us to um, uh, be like uh, true greatness come from our humility, that we are like Christ in that way, uh, that we serve others, that we uh, place others before us, that we put others' preferences before us. Um, that's true greatness uh, in the eyes of the Lord. And he uses that um, for our good and for betterment of others, but ultimately is for his glory. Then we talk about how suffering people becomes a comforter. Uh, and even in the context of the story, uh, Mordecai once brought bad news that the, uh, his actions brought the destruction of all the Jews, and now at the end of chapter 8, he brought good news and that they're all delivered. And so it is for us, um, we have something even greater than just physical deliverance. We have a spiritual deliverance. Um, and even all of the trials that we've experienced in this life, the Lord uses those trials for us to be sanctified and also become a comforter for others because of the comfort that he, that he has provided for us when we were under affliction. Uh, then we talk about how the fools become wise. And you recall I talked about how uh, the, the, the Jews during the time of Esther, they were all foolish because they did not give uh, pay homage to the Lord. They created a celebration for themselves, but they didn't offer any sacrifices, they didn't go to any priests, they didn't make any intercessions or anything that was uh, attributing to the Lord. And I said that we need to be fools for Christ and the message that we deliver to other people. Uh, we don't want to be foolish like the Jewish people who did not praise or acknowledge God, but rather we want to be fools in the way Paul describes in First Corinthians, how we are uh, declaring a foolish message to those to a dying world. And uh, But that foolish message is actually what God uh, wants us to declare, that um, that the, the greatest wisdom from man uh, comes is nothing compared to the uh, the foolishness of God, um, and that we, uh, as heralds of the gospel, we're going to be proclaiming a foolish fool, foolish message to people, and that's what we're called to do. Um, but it's, although it's foolish to man, is wise in the, in the eyes of the Lord. Then we talk about how the humble becomes exalted. Uh, Mordecai was saved by the king, and he wasn't recognized for it. And at the end of the book, um, he was exalted to his high positions. And we understand as Christians that uh, the Lord will also exalt us at the proper time, not necessarily in earthly terms, but definitely in eternal sense. Um, We may lose all that there is in this life, whether uh, things are being looked over or we're underappreciated, or in some cases for us, we're physically humbled because of physical ailments or disease. Uh, but when the time comes, the Lord will fix all of that, that he will give us um, the reward that uh, we've been longing for. He'll exalt us during the time when he feels his best. And uh, uh, we also talk about how the poor becomes rich, how the Jews, uh, they were socially outcasted because of the edict that was made. But at the end of chapter 8, uh, they were uh, made wealthy. And again, I said this wasn't so much about financial wealth for us, but it's something even greater in that uh, we were spiritually depraved and that we were spiritually now made rich because of what Christ has done. We have an inheritance uh, for us and, um, and the Lord preparing a place for us, uh, as is said in John chapter 14. 
Then we also saw about how the weak become strong. The Jews began uh, being hunted, and now they have the ability to fight back. Um, and at the same time, we understand as Christians that we don't boast in our strength, rather we boast in our weakness, because through our weakness we can show God's ability to, to, to use us in ways that we'll never expect. And today we're going to end with the last two. The fear becomes a fearless, and, and the death becomes life. Um, the fear becomes fearless. Uh, you recall that the, uh, the Jews were um, petrified uh, by what was happening uh, early on in the book, but by the end of chapter 8, they were fearless. They were threatened uh, with death, um, but at this point, after the edict that was made, they were no longer fearful anymore. And we understand even that principle in our life, how much more for us if our greatest threat is taken away. If the Jews, the threat were just people, um, you know, that could be easily dealt with, but the greatest threat in our life is actually the Lord himself because we've sinned against him because we violated his holy standard. Uh, we are his enemy, but that was resolved because of what Christ has done on our behalf. He paid for our sins, and because of that, we uh, never need to be afraid anymore. Our biggest problem in life is dealt with, um, and whatever issue we have in this life, it will only stay in this life. It will never move on to the next. It is um, as 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 long as this pain may feel is nothing compared to the eternity of paradise that we'll have in the Lord. Uh, Romans 8, chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 33 to 35, it says, who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as is written, for your sake we are being put to death all the day long. We are considered as sheep to slaughter. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. For I am convinced of this, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor heights nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Um, we are ultimately safe in the hands of God, uh, and which should compel us to be fearless in, the, in, in this life because our greatest problem is dealt with, and, it, and we no longer need to be afraid. Um, even in this COVID-19, we should be the most joyful people because for us, our biggest fear isn't a disease in this world. Uh, rather, our biggest sickness, our greatest sickness is sin. It was remedied on the cross. And as we continue to live in joy and security, people will take notice. People will wonder how come we are, how are we handling all of this so well? And it's those moments uh, where First Peter 3.15 comes to mind. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, also being made also being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to keep an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. You have to, see, it's interesting that Peter said you have to sanctify the Lord in your own heart, uh, that you have to really, um, that your heart needs to change. That you need to stop thinking about the dreariness of this life, because, yeah, this life is horrible, but we have something so much greater, so much better, and so much, and something that's everlasting, and that's salvation in Christ, in paradise, with him in heaven. These are all things that we need to dwell upon. And it's those things that uh, make the world want to know how do you, how are you so calm about all this? How are you so thankful and joyful in light of everything? And that's where we give a defense of the faith that we have. Um, because we have something that they are looking for, something that they can never find in this life. So that's how the Lord uses another um, reversal, that those that should be fearful of, of death aren't fearful 
uh, rather we are fearless. Um, so as Christians, uh, there's nothing for us to be afraid of. Our biggest problem is dealt with. It's kind of like um, if you would imagine uh, it's going through the worst, uh, it's enduring the worst thing in life and then also getting a paper cut. The paper cut just seems so insignificant compared to like, you know, surviving a like, gunshot wound or something, you know. And it's the same way, in a much more greater sense, our biggest issue in life is our separation from the Lord. And that's dealt with. And now, all whatever problems that we have in this life, whatever, how much separation we feel from people in this life, there's just, it doesn't really matter as much because we're reconciled with God. And that is something that we can, um, that can sustain us and give us hope during this time. And lastly, uh, death becomes life for the Christian. Um, Jews at the end of Esther chapter 8, uh, they were uh, about to be killed, but they were spared. And uh, they only had death to look forward to. But after the Lord used Esther and Mordecai, they now have life. And again, drawing just the principle, how much greater is our salvation? We, Our threats uh, may not be people, um, but our again, our greatest threat is, 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 with, is against the Lord. And we were uh, heading towards destruction with, without any hope of salvation until Christ came to save us. Uh, death uh, is done away with because of Christ. Um, and this is, what, this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55 to 58. Oh, death, where is your, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of death is in the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, and that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. All the things that we do in this life, we understand that it has eternal significance. Um, and why it is that? It's because death is taken care of. It, our, our biggest load in life is dealt with. So we can live with absolute joy. And even if we were to die in this life, it's totally fine because we know that there is something better for us. That's why Paul Philippians 1, and you guys are familiar with this, Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, thou means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. But I am, but I am hard-pressed from both directions, having desire to depart and be with Christ, so that is very much better. Yet to remain on, the, on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Convinces us I know what I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in faith, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Paul understands this principle that we as Christians are always stuck between a rock and a hard place. We know that being with Christ is better because we gain Christ. That's what our entire faith is based on. We want to be with the Lord, and for us, death is the only thing that we need to cross over in order to get that. But at the same time, the Lord wants to keep us here to be used by him, to draw people to him, to encourage the body, to win people to Christ. That is also a great thing. So for us, it's a win-win situation. We have nothing to lose. We have everything to gain. Um, death is just a, just a passing. It's just, it's just a door that we need to enter in order to get into eternity. Uh, it has no weight on us. Um, we, are all, we were all dead in our sins, but we were rescued by the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's, again, a backwards thing. Whereas the world are always trying to find ways to preserve life, we as Christians, although we want others' life to, uh, to continue, we don't, we don't want people to die because we want these people to know Jesus Christ, we at the same time understand that there is um, that this isn't all that there is. 
that we have something better to look forward to that um, can only be found in Jesus Christ. Again, these truths um, sound so backwards to the world, but it's the great reversal that the Lord uses um, to ultimately draw people to him uh, and, and, to, and to glorify his own name. Uh, throughout Esther chapter 8, we see how God used uh, these individuals to preserve his people. And although they fail to acknowledge God, we as Christians understand that God is sovereign in every aspect of our life. This book is just a small picture of how God can use smallest, insignificant things to do great things. And that's true for us today as well. Don't underestimate your effectiveness for the gospel during this time. The things that just seem so backwards to the world is actually what the Lord will use uh, to bring people to him. So if you are uh, a Christian, you understand that uh, your life must be backwards to the world uh, and that's because our gospel is backwards to the world uh, we live life humbly we we put others first and we uh, before ourselves um, we become comforters after suffering uh, we become wise uh, in the lord but it's foolishness to the world because the gospel is presented uh, we will we know that one day we'll be exalted if we continue to be humble today uh, we know that our eternal riches is found even if it means uh, poverty in this life we know that our strength is found in weakness because of what the Lord has done. Um, we know that we can become fearless because of what Christ has done on our behalf. Um, people are always afraid of death, but we don't need to afraid of, be fearful of that. And these are all these truths, these uh, reversals in Scripture that's, um, that kind of pulse, pulses through the through the Scriptures that if we were to just look at it and dwell on it, that we can be effective during this time. And I hope that this lesson here can make us joyful, that we don't need to worry about how things are. We just need to continue being faithful Christians and continue to walk closely with them during this really hard time. I hope that this lesson is helpful to you. I look forward to finishing this book with you. And we have two more chapters left, and uh, it's going to be interesting and fun to study. Okay, thank you. Have a good, blessed weekend.